Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. So the number one point is brand builds credibility and recognition. And I know a little bit about Gardner Business Media, and I know they know the power of brand recognition as one of the leaders in the space. Dave did a great job of setting up kind of the landscape that that they're in right now, and he'll speak more specifically to that. But I'm well aware of and a big fan of their modern machine shop sub-brand. And the thing that I admire about this is they've spent the time to build the brand so that it has credibility and recognition in the space. And I see it open doors, connect companies and offerings in this space to each other and just lead through the sheer power of that brand. So no matter where it shows up, people know who they are. They want to know what they have to say. And this is because brand has been built with intentionality and curated over, as you heard, nearly 100 years to maintain relevancy and timeliness with the historic foundation of what brand stands for. And I will do another plug, follow it, Dave's lead. But we do have an episode called Four Reasons to Start with a Brand Story. And so those questions that Anne set up, that episode can really help you build your brand story if you feel like you have an outage there. So not going to belabor that point, but that's there if you need it. And the final point I'll make before I hand it over to Dave is really around how companies in the B2B space tend to believe that relationships and reputation open doors. And that's what really makes a business successful. And I'm not trying to say that that is not part of it. And I do believe that that is a true power when you talk about the beta space really particularly. But I'm also here to tell you, if you don't start from the foundation of a brand and then intentionally build it from the ground up, there's a few things that can go wrong. There's more than this, but I'll outline a few. Number one, a disjointed experience that leaves people scratching their heads about what you stand for. So if you're not communicating that same brand story over and over again across audiences, through your employees, at conferences, all of that kind of stuff, people get mixed messages and aren't sure what to do with it. The other one is the industry will make up its own interpretation of you and what you offer. You do not want to let someone else own your story and tell it for you if you haven't set the foundation of what you want that story to be. And the last thing I will say as an example is you lose control of the narrative and then the subsequent leadership in the space. So Gardner Business Media wouldn't be where they are today if they had made the mistake of not starting with the brand. You want to cultivate your story. You really want to stay in the driver's seat. And then, like I said, build consistency across all aspects, touch points, employees, experience experiences, everything, so that that brand lives in a way that people recognize. And Dave, I know you have a ton, especially based on your intro, to say about this. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, you know, I think the the one of the pieces of it that's most present uh, is this concept of reputation and relationship being the fundamental driver of marketing success in B2B. And I think, A, um, not only is that incomplete, but B, that was a notion that I think became incredibly challenged um, during the period of the pandemic, mm-hmm. where it was more and more difficult for businesses who had traditionally um, you know, built uh, their brand or their business or their sales and marketing channels through more re- reputation-based, relationship-based, or in-person um, channels. And, and I think that we saw a lot of customers come to us and say, man, we, we now realize where there's a void, how, how can you help, right? Uh-huh. So, so I, think, I think that that's an interesting element to it, but um, 
I think to your point, I think the first big challenge that we always see is is buy-in, right? Um, there's still this widely held belief that that branding is a consumer marketing term. Yeah. And at Gardner Business Media, you know, we're in this unique position where we're both a media company and a marketing agency, um, and 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 we know that either side of that coin, B two B's much more found is founded on a lot more than relationship and reputation. And while those certainly play a factor, I think the primary reason that we spend a lot of time surveying and profiling both individual buyers and buying teams in our industries and the industries we serve is to really understand how media and marketing um, impact purchase processes and fundamentally how brand plays into that. And, and that's something that we spent a lot of time on, um, you know, over the course of the last maybe 18 to 24 months, but it's always been a part of how we serve both sides of those of our business is, is trying to really understand where media and marketing impact both the individual buyer and the buying team and use that to help us guide how we build our own brand, but also how we help customers of ours build brand as well. And, and I think the one thing that we see is for two reasons, there's a, an absolute imperative to establish fundamental brand principles and then amplify those across a number of different media and marketing channels that align with where your audience is. Um, and one of those is what we see when we look at buying teams. Um, you know, we find that purchase processes are in our industry are most likely to include three or more team members, right? Each of those is likely to be influenced by a minimum of three different media or marketing channels over the course of a four or five month buy cycle. So when you consider all those factors and influencers, uh, relationship and, rep and reputation just aren't enough to gain the attention of, but also to inform and instruct a buying team that's looking to research and evaluate purchase decisions, um, especially if they're new purchase processes or new vendors. You know, so we really make sure that that our clients are, are and customers are are aware of like that larger marketing matrix and how important it is that brand and channel are part of the way that you think about building your reputation, your awareness. And then I think on the other side of that, um, we find that those buying teams, they're constantly consuming content, but they're not constantly buying. So we find that that half of purchase processes are, are triggered by a specific motivation, like a project or a technology need. Um, so if, if we or our customers aren't committed to strong brand development, uh, that's either kind of reporting what unique problems you solve or what solutions you offer early in the purchase process, it's likely that you're missing out on a big portion of, you know, buyers who indicate that they're looking for alternative vendors or suppliers that can provide better service or better solution or better technology or better price. Um, so, so it's, it's the intersection of those two areas where, you know, we feel like it's, it's an, an absolute imperative for both us and our customers to look at who they are as a brand, what the unique value proposition and principles are, but also to be sure that you're driving that in ways that reach all of the influencers across your customer and prospect base, uh, you know, outside of just that relationship or reputation piece. Yeah. And I, I think what you said is really telegraphic, especially for an industry that a lot of times doesn't feel like they probably need it. 
right? Because it sure. is it's, it's, it is a very much on-demand purchase in, to, to, in a lot of respects um, in, in the manufacturing industry. And it is dictated a lot of times or what it's conceived to be of price and you know, availability and, and all those sorts of things. And so a lot of times I think, especially in those industries, they kind of like, what am I going to brand around my widget, right? But right. I think what you brought up was a really important point. And your question was like, what is the value proposition I think is right on? Because the value is beyond just the widget I am providing. The value, the value is how I am servicing you and providing you that widget, right? And so when you could drive consistency across that communication channel, which is fundamentally based in your brand, you drive scale. And it helps sure. your brand rise, right? Because all those pieces start working together in a very harmonious way in order to elevate the brand and the business, frankly, above all the noise. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so so to go back to research, maybe one of the, the favorite pieces of research that we ever did is, is we asked our customers, who again are largely industrial sales and marketing professionals, how they prioritize the messages that make up their uh, marketing campaigns, right? And it was based on a question, what do you think matters most to your customer, right? So at the same time, we conducted a parallel survey of their customers who awesome. are content, content and consumers, right? To see what type of messaging most impacted them. And as you would expect, there was almost a complete inverse in response order, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the industrial sales and marketing professionals were prioritizing messages that were based on things like price and product features, right? Meanwhile, the buyer, their customers were looking for messages that appealed to service, solution, and yep. value, which are effectively the core criteria that make up your brand, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's a great, it's a great way to go to, um, you know, customers and prospects consultatively and say, you're, you're more than just the product you sell and the features of that product and, and get inside the head of who's consuming your messaging and does it appeal to them and is it representative of the unique attributes of your brand and business? So yeah, I think you're, you're right on. Well, and I think that leads really nicely to the next point, which is successful marketing needs a strong brand to differentiate. And so all the conversation we were just having was around, yes, messaging, but the disparity between what those messages are versus what they should be. And I think what the reason that happens is because it's more of a knee jerk. This is what we want to talk about today type of reaction when you don't have a strong brand and mm -hmm. you don't have that point of view and you're not leading from that story. And I think it's further complicated, you know, and I love all the charts in your reports, quite frankly, because I'm a total mm -hmm. chart junkie. But right. <laughs> I mean, the ones that really stood out to me were the ones where you see how many different channels there are in marketing. Yeah. And then, like you said, the fact that you're dealing with multiple different people looking for multiple different things in a very crowded space where they're being hit with messages all the time. And like you said, they're not necessarily looking to buy anything, but you have to break through all of that noise in order to get someone to choose you and want to further that conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing that you can see clearly when in any space, but definitely in B2B, is when it's not starting from a place of 
this is who I am, how I am different, why you want me, that brand perspective, it ends up being lots and lots of category speak and me too strategies that take place. And then as you just referenced, the industry is talking to themselves instead of talking to the consumer they're looking to attract. And so then there is no use to dollars being spent and all that investment and time and energy and all of those types of things. And so I think it is a really great point. The other thing that I want to put a point on, and then Dave, I'll let you talk some more about this, but the misnomer is that it makes it harder if you put a stake in the ground of your brand and you do all that foundational work, when really, if you have that in place, when you're in these different situations, it makes it that much easier to provide the right message to your customer where they are with what they're looking for, even if they're not buying right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's to, to, to carry through that point of, of both brand differentiation and and also you know campaign uh display and marketing messaging uh, another thing that we do a lot of is is actual research around and reviews of brand advertising campaigns so we have members of our content consuming audience review and evaluate actual marketing campaigns and and it's fascinating because the two pieces of positive feedback that always come back from campaigns that are reviewed favorably by our audience have phrases in them like this ad appeals to engineers this ad speaks to me Mm -hmm. Uh, there is problem solving solutions and benefits listed right And then the two pieces of feedback that always come back for campaigns that are reviewed negatively are, I don't understand what's unique about this company. What are Mm -hmm. they selling? Right. And, um, and, and I think that, that going through the process and looking uh, at that, um, you know, it highlights incredibly clearly how uh, powerful it is to do that work, to not just identify and build what your brand is, but to make sure that that carries through, um, to your point, all those different touch points and channels that your brand may be present. Um, you know, we find that that 90% of our audience uses a minimum of four pieces of media or marketing as they conduct a piece of research, right? So when you think about the, the multiplier effect of that, it's a lot of places for you to make sure that you're mindful of the way that you're communicating your brand, your value proposition, and your unique differentiation um, across the different places that that you're sharing or communicating messaging. Yeah, I think that's super, super critically important too, because you know the one thing you know that's totally different with B two B marketing is that it tends to have a longer funnel, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you might only be purchasing something once, or in the case context of like April and I, you're probably only going to have like one marketing agency at a time, right? So right. the the time frame for which it comes up again that I need to go find another agency or another manufacturer or however that um that that time frame comes up for them you already have to have stuff in the system <laughs> in order for them to be able to find you. This is what I kind of hear you saying, Dave. You can correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. But in that, and that's a little bit of a difference in marketing for you know, these, this type of industry and this type of you know, B2B industry. It's like you already have to have the stuff in the system so people can find you because it's not like, oh, I'm driving down the road and I see a billboard. It's like, 
oh, yeah, I do need like a screen today. You know, I'm like, it's like, no, you're going to go find it when you actually need it. And so being in the funnel and having that funnel actually working to your benefit in order to build the reputation we talked about, the thought leadership that you need. And just having that body of work that provides us social proofs, I mean, is is so critically important for B2B. So your marketing campaigns may look a little different than traditional consumer marketing campaign, but it doesn't mean that it's any less effective. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the, the big takeaways of, of any evaluation or research that we do is, you know, these companies are all active, actively advertising, which is great. Um, the difference is, or what stands out is, the ones that are doing so in a way that is ongoing, consistent, and appealing to the interests or the needs of you know either their current or, or in some cases, prospective customer. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.